Uh, it is a privilege to have Mal and Brittany with us. Brittany, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, grew up here in Huron and was a part of Restoration Church uh, from her teen years all the way through her college years. Then she came back and was on staff with us. She worked in the ESL, the English Second Language um, department at the Huron High School, but then she was on staff part-time with us at the church, and then she went to Spain to work with another one of our global partners, Jacob Bach, who does On the Red Box ministry, and while she was there, she met this man from Mexico who was also in Spain working with Jacob Bach on the Red Box. His name is Mauricio Reyes, and he is from Mexico. They met, they fell in love, the story was great, uh, they got married, and then the Lord called them uh, to, to go into the Middle East and to start uh, planting houses of prayer and just uh, sharing the gospel with people. And uh, one of the things I love about uh, Mal and Brittany is they just exude the love of Jesus. Uh, you can't talk to them very long without actually feeling like you're just looking into the face of Jesus. And their message is all about Jesus. Everything they do is just, I want to follow Jesus. And so I feel like it's just an appropriate day for them to share the things that are on their heart. And so I've invited them to come. They're going to share testimonies about what God is doing. I don't know exactly what they're going to share, but I will tell you this. They've had a bit of a stressful week, but uh, I don't know. They're here, and I know that God has has called them here to share with us today, and I know you're going to be blessed by it, and I hope that he creates that partnership in your heart as you pray for them in the months ahead. So make them feel very welcome as they come to the platform this morning. You got to keep doing it. Come on, they're coming. There you go. Oh, yes. Good to see you. Good morning, everyone. We are so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be home and to have, I don't know, just to be home, have my parents here, Monica and Dale Bragg. I'm sure most of you know them. They're here. I just want to take a second and honor them. They brought me up in the ways of the Lord, and my mom signed me up for camp at the, the Assemblies of God Church camp before I knew what hit me. I went on crutches and everything. I had hurt my ankle, and I even went on crutches, but the Lord did something powerful in my life. So go to camp, young people. It's a good thing. Um, and Pastor Tom and Christy, my spiritual mom and dad, and friends and co-workers, just love you guys so much and feel so thankful to be here and so many other faces, so many people that we love. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for having us this morning. Also, we just want to, I just always want to start really by saying thank you for supporting us. Um, we couldn't do what we do. Uh, in Turkey and Lebanon, that's where we're missionaries, Turkey and Lebanon. We couldn't do it without you guys. There'd be no way for us to, to be there without your prayers, without your financial support. And you guys have supported me since I was very young, uh, bringing me up also in the ways of the Lord and supporting me as I've gone on missions trips, short-term trips, which I see Makaya went recently on a short-term trip. And it's just such a blessing. So keep supporting those short-term trips because it really does make a difference for the future. Um, for for us, and we're able to do the things. We're going to talk really just super low-key today. We're going to talk about what we do, uh, what God is doing in our lives, and and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have spent about a month here in Huron. Uh, just love um, this to know more about Britney's, uh, where, did, where did Britney grow up, 
sorry about my English is not great, but I'm going to try to speak the best I can. And as Pastor Tom said, it was a stressful week. Our son and my brother-in-law who came to visit us this week had a, uh, an accident with the Polaris of my parents-in-law. So um, the ambulance came, the sheriff came, but praise God, um, they're doing okay. Alonso didn't break any bone which we're very thankful for. He just opened his head, and uh, hopefully they will take out the stitches before we go back to Turkey tomorrow. And, uh, and my brother-in-law had surgery yesterday. Uh, he broke uh, three bones in his hand, but the surgery went great, and now he's going to have to uh, wait a couple or about a month to get completely restoration, I guess. That's how you, the word you would use. But we're very thankful. We've seen the hand of God in our family and this week could have been very different and we are we are happy to be here and we are happy to share what we have done in the last years um, as pastor tom said we met in spain we moved to turkey seven years ago in 2016. Um, we didn't know much about middle east we just knew that god asked us to move there and whenever god tells you something you just have to follow him and obey him even though you don't understand I remember back then everyone told us, why are you taking your family to the Middle East? You have a great life in Spain. Your ministry in Madrid, Spain is just going great. We were pastoring the young adults in our local church in Spain. Um, and people just didn't understand why we wanted to go to Turkey. We really didn't understand either. But looking back seven years ago, uh, we just seen that God has really guided our family there. And... Um, what God has asked us to do is mobilize Spanish believers to help churches in Turkey and now also in Lebanon. Uh, the church in Turkey is very small. It's one of the least evangelized countries in the world. It's a very big country, about 88 million population, but only 6,000 believers in the whole country. Uh, like very, very little percentage-wise. It's, uh, I think it's one of the least in the world, uh, together with Morocco. And um, so we are excited to be there. And we went, uh, Pastor Andrew Bronson, who we met in Spain, wanted us to work with him in Turkey. We didn't know that he was going to be put in jail six months after we moved. And also our whole uh, lives and ministry changed while in Turkey, but God has guided us since then. So we are supporting in, in Turkey seven local churches uh, with our team. We're a team of 25 plus kids plus now Turkish spouses. So the team is growing because a lot of single women have come to work with our team and they're now marrying Turkish men and having children. So the team is expanding in a very nice, nice way through marriage. Uh, in those seven local churches, something that we're doing is we're just, we're there to serve. So our heart is to lift up the hands of the, the local churches wherever we are, whether it's in Turkey or Lebanon. Uh, specifically in Turkey, we've had the opportunity to connect with a lot of churches. So a church there is very small. A church there, I don't know, it can range anywhere from two people to I think one of the bigger churches has... Um, maybe a hundred people fluctuating in and out. But 
Um, so with those, with the local churches there, we ha we're just there to serve. We're there to serve the pastors. We're not there to be a burden. Our team goes, they learn the language. They just get in wherever they can. They're, we have some of our team are leading the, the youth ministries. Some of them are leading worship. Some of them are, are even starting to preach little by little, which is really exciting. But mostly, more than anything, what we're doing is standing at the door, greeting, serving tea. When you're a foreigner... You're a foreigner. I mean, the language Turkish is very difficult. And even though we we studied Turkish and we've been studying Turkish, um, you you're limited in what you can do a lot of times. So we move chairs, we move the sound equipment. You know, we we'll run the soundboard, we run the run the projector. We do whatever we can do. We're not there to to make a name for ourselves or to become the big preacher, um, big fancy preacher there in Turkey or, or anything. And maybe if you ask people who we are, they won't, they won't even know our names. And actually, we're okay with that because all we want to do is to lift up the, the Turkish church, the Turkish pastors, the churches that are already established, and God's given us the opportunity in the city that we're in to, to raise up the hands of seven Turkish pastors. I think uh, some people from our team that come, they have been pastors in their own countries and cities. And, you know, people know them back in their countries. But we always tell them, you will come to Turkey and you will be no one. And you have to be okay with that. And uh, actually, it's a great thing for everyone. I think we all need to be no ones. And we all need to be okay with just serving in whatever way we can and not looking for positions or platforms or anything. And uh, it just has been great... Uh, for our hearts and for our team's heart to go into a place where, where really you just need to go low and serve and, and, and know that it's not about your ministry, but it's about edifying the local church and serving the local church in Turkey and serving the Turkish believers and show them what is, um, yeah, just show them the love of Jesus through your, your acts of service. Um, we, um, we have been praying for the seven churches that, that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. I'm sure you've seen them, like Ephesus, Izmir, Izmirna, uh, Teatara. I, I don't know the names in English, but you know them. And um, so we actually live in Smyrna, in the biblical Smyrna. That's where our base is. And something that amazed me is that all those seven churches are seven cities that nowadays exist. They are not ruins. Like there, you can see ruins, but actually, there's still people living there. And out of the seven, um, only one, Smyrna, has believers, and all the other six has no one, not even one local church. So a couple of years ago, um, well, even before going to Turkey, the very first question we asked the Lord was, "God, Turkey is very big. Showed us where in Turkey." And He answered a prayer one week later, and He told us Pergamum. Um, we didn't know anything about Pergamum. I actually, back then, didn't know if, if, if people lived there or not. But it turned out to be a city of 100,000 people. And uh, no believers, no local church, nothing. So a couple of years ago, uh, we were, we were um, you know, planning on our move to Lebanon, which we will talk in a little bit. <laughs> but we, I was actually frustrated because we, we were thinking, God, you called us to Turkey 
specifically to Pergamon, but it's been five years of our lives in Turkey, and we have done nothing there. We, you know, we've we just been learning the language in, in Smyrna and helping the churches in Smyrna, but still there's nothing. So we mobilized our team to do some outreaches in Pergamon, which turned out pretty bad because <laughs> uh, Pergamon is a very conservative Muslim town. So we, we um, the police took us to the police station for some hours uh, to all of us, we were talking to people in Pergamum, and one of the neighbors were very, very upset. They called the police. They said what they're doing is illegal. They cannot be talking to us about Jesus or giving us New Testaments or anything. So they brought two vans, because we were like 13 people. And, uh, and then the neighbors were clapping as they were putting, in, putting us inside the van and taking us to the police station. And then the, the cops told me, I want to know exactly what you're telling the, peop like the people here in Pergamon. I said, that's a great question. I want to tell you exactly what we're telling them. So that gave us an amazing opportunity to share the gospel and share our testimonies. And, uh, and actually, like three or four of our, of our team um, shared with all the cops of Pergamon that were right there. So those moments, really, when, when the Bible says that we shall not worry at all when, when, we're, when they take us to, when we stand before authorities, it's actually true. We don't need to worry. We just know that God will give us a chance to testify. And obviously, we were worried, but, um, but we knew that, that it was an opportunity. And, and some hours later, they told us, you can never come back to Pergamum. I said, we're hungry. Can we eat in Pergamum? They said, no, we will take you out of here. You cannot even eat here. So um, they, they sent us out of Pergamum. So we knew, like, okay, we need to pray and fast for this city. It's not as easy. You know, taking, um, taking ground is not just like, okay, I want to take this ground um, for Jesus. It's actually warfare. And I guess we didn't notice back then that, like, you need to pray more and fast more when you're going to a city where there's no believers and, like, 100% Muslim. So we, um, how do you say, convocar? Well, made a call for, in all the Spanish-speaking countries that know us, uh, for fasting and prayer for Pergamum. So about 500 people signed up for that. And we were fasting for six months and praying for six months just uh, for Pergamum specifically that God would open a door there. And we went back six months later. The whole atmosphere changed. People were receptive. We were able to hand out uh, 200 New Testaments in one single day. It was just amazing. And um, you can clap because it's a, it's a great... <laughs> and uh, so... We were asking God, what should we do? Because we don't feel like we need to start a local church. We don't, we don't have the calling of pastors in Pergamum, but we want to help someone that wants to start a church there. And uh, all of a sudden, it just clicked, and God said, like, start a house of prayer, and through that, local churches will grow in Pergamum. But everything needs to start in the house of prayer. So we had nothing. We had no money. We had, like... We didn't know how to do it. We just knew that God asked us to pray for a house of prayer. So we started praying, and in about three months, uh, we got money, like, without asking, because we knew we, we couldn't ask for a house of prayer to people. We needed to ask God for it. Like, we sh a house of prayer should start in prayer. So that's what we were doing for, for these three months, and offerings started coming. 
and we found such a, an amazing deal in Pergamum and bought a house in downtown Pergamum where you can see all the ruins, but you're like right in the city. And, uh, and of course, we needed to do uh, obras. like a reconstruction project, renovation project, because it was a very old house. But um, a few months later, we did it, and then uh, invited intercessors from Latin America and Spain to come and pray there. And uh, so it's been great. So a house of prayer started last year. And through that, uh, some of, the of our team people praying there, they start, got started telling them, like, go here, go there. And they started meeting people. And right now, there's three believers in Pergamum. A church started. God called a couple from England uh, who are uh, about to retire. Uh, they are probably in their 60s. And they bought a property in Pergamum to serve the local church there. And together with another couple from Turkey, uh, they're taking a leadership on the, on the church that is starting in Pergamum. Now, there's three believers uh, the fourth believer just baptized like a week ago, so that, which is the husband of one of the of the women of the woman that uh, met the Lord there in Pergamum. So from nothing there, now there's four believers in Pergamum, and we're just praying that that will grow and that that church will grow. They're meeting in the house of prayer every week, and um, and now we're praying for Tyatara. That's how you say Tiatira in Spanish. Tyatira. The other church, uh, one of the other churches in the book of Revelation. So um, we're praying for that. We know that we want to see uh, believers uh, in, in all of the seven churches that the book of Revelation mentioned. So just be praying for all those seven uh, places when you, as you read the book of Revelation or even when you read uh, the New Testament. Just think about those places because God is doing, um, wants to do something there. And we, we believe that the as the book of Revelation says, he wants to light up again the chandeliers in all those seven places. I just want to add something to that about Pergamum. When we had the house of prayer opening, so we were in in uh, renovations for, it took way longer than it was supposed to take, but God knows. But all of the neighbors are so curious. I don't know, you don't, I, I know Americans are curious, but Turks are on a whole nother level of curiosity. So there just was this massive curiosity about what we were doing, who we are, what's going on. So during the whole renovation process, Mao had the opportunity to get to know all of the neighbors and just be friends with everyone. It's the funniest thing when Mao walks down the street, they say, Mao, welcome. How are you doing? Come sit down, have a tea with us. And so we've been able to form relationships with the neighbors, which has been really amazing. And when we did the grand opening, we decided to invite the neighbors too so they could just come in and see. Now on a regular basis, it's a house of prayer. It's not a church exactly. It's a church plant. But So the neighbors can't just come and go as they please. But on this occasion, we decided that we were going to invite them. We prepared a meal. We fed them. And all the neighbors came in and, and looked around and checked everything out. And one, one guy, we overheard a conversation between one Turk. They're Muslims. One Turk with another Turk. And he says, he said, this is a holy place. The one guy says, what is, what is this place? He says, it's a holy place. And we just thought, wow, there, we can use those words. Because sometimes you don't always know how to describe what we're doing or who we are. But we knew and we've been taught in Turkey 
um, by, by Andrew Brunson, he taught us that people are more afraid of what's done in secret than what's done out in the open. And so we, we try to use the words that people understand and be as open as possible. So they know we're Christians. We're not hiding. We're not in danger. Um, in fact, the neighbors know and love us, and so they have been there to protect us when the police have come around asking questions, when different situations have arisen. Um, and so God is just really good. It's, it's really amazing. Also, during that, that time when we invited uh, every, the neighbors to come up, maybe you want to tell us about, about it. Was good. Um, yeah, one of the, well, around 70 people came through the day, like 70 people of the neighbors, all like so Turkish. Actually, we are like the only foreigners in Pergamum. Uh, there's no other foreigner. So when they talk about foreigners, they know they're speaking about us. But this guy, he showed me his phone. Oh, he said, he, he, he looked at me, and then he, he did this, like a cross with his fingers. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And then he gave me his phone and showed me um, a message um, in his phone, and, he, and it was Romans 8 in Turkish. And I was like, why do you have Romans 8 in your telephone? And then um, he took me aside because he didn't want anyone to hear, but he said, my, friend, my, my brother moved to England years ago, and there he became a Christian. And he's been sharing with me uh, the Bible almost every day in the last months. And he's our neighbor in the, house of, in, in the house of prayer. So like even the location, like you know that just God has everything um, just perfectly planned. There's no nothing that is out of his wisdom. He knows exactly what he's doing. And we're just part of this huge puzzle that he's uh, making and, and of this great story that he's, he's uh, waving. So we're just very excited about him. He still doesn't want to, uh, this guy, his name actually means freedom in Turkish. And uh, he still uh, doesn't want to meet with the people in, with the church because he's afraid of what others are going to say. But I've met with him like four or five times, uh, and I asked him directly, what do you think about Jesus? And he said, I think he is the Lord. I think he is the only one that can save me. I don't uh, consider myself anymore a Muslim. So that's a huge declaration for a guy that, uh, from a guy that comes from Islam. So we're very excited for him, and we're just praying that he will be completely free and uh, we'll be able to join the community of believers because we think he needs community. But um, just also pray for him. His name, in, in Turkish, is Ozgur, but it means freedom. I just want to share, Pergamum, we're just like so excited about Pergamum. So we just, I want to share one more thing. Um, unless Mao has another thing, we can share more even. But... Um, so there's a young man named Ali, and we just recently met him, and he's been attending the church, and he's from Pergamum. And it's really interesting because he's been a Christian for five years. His cousin came home from Germany and had a Bible in his suitcase. Well, Ali saw the Bible, and he stole it from his cousin and took it home and read it and became a Christian and gave his life to the Lord. And he has been serving Jesus on his own, in his heart, in his own way, as much as he can from the Bible, because he doesn't have a pastor, he doesn't have anyone around him for the last five years. And finally, he's been connected with this little church. And it was just actually amazing because we met him recently and he He's there in the service, and he has such insight about the Word of God. Weren't you just amazed at everything? Yeah. I was very surprised. He hasn't even been baptized yet because he has no other believers around him. 
Um, but uh, we were talking about like doing a Bible study together. And when he was sharing, I was just surprised of how much he knows about the Word of God. And I uh, was very excited for him. He just got baptized as well. So, yeah, God is connecting people. And whenever you say yes to God, he's going to do the rest. You know, sometimes we think, like, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be impossible, which it is in our strength and with our wisdom and with our experience. But when you just obey and you follow what God is saying, he's going to do everything else. And he's just going to put everything into place. And, um, and, and we are seeing that with the, with the local church in Pergamum, how he's bringing the believers together little by little and... Um, yeah, we're very excited about what God is doing, doing there. So when you read the book of Revelation and you read the word Pergamum, please pray for this little body of believers that we believe is just going to continue to grow. It's been something totally supernatural. We cannot take credit for any of it. We're not that cool. We're not that charismatic that people are just like flocking to us. It's seriously Jesus is doing a mighty work in Pergamum, and it's just a really, really special time. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk, now we're going to talk a little bit about Lebanon. We've recently moved to Lebanon because we're wanting to extend our team and our, our ministry into Lebanon. And God spoke to us years ago in a dream really clearly, before Turkey actually. Uh, Lebanon was in our hearts and so we just felt like this is the time um, and we, we're in Lebanon now. Yeah, it's, you know, Lebanon has been one of the hardest uh, yes to Jesus we've, we've done because we knew that at some point in our lives we were going to go to Lebanon as well as uh, after Turkey we didn't know when but about two years ago um, when I was sharing like we were feeling frustrated about Pergamum God started talking to us about again like now it's the time to Lebanon now it's the time to Lebanon and we're just saying God now we can speak Turkish now we have like a community in Turkey now our group is growing now we're serving like we're, what we were dreaming about Turkey is happening. Like the first years in Turkey were horrible. And now we're finally living what we were dreaming before coming and you're asking us to leave. So uh, it, was just, it was just feeling weird in our hearts. I started Googling about Lebanon just to read the news about Lebanon. You know, the, Lebanon is living the worst crisis in its history right now. People are leaving Lebanon it's uh, becoming empty because no one wants to live there. Lebanese are, are leaving uh, its own country. And, and uh, for about a year, we were just struggling in our hearts. And I was saying, like, God, I'm not sure I want to live all this again. I'm not sure I want to learn the language all over again. I'm not sure I want to be lonely all over again. I'm not sure, like, to start again, it just feels like dying again. Like, I already died for you. I already left my, my life in Madrid uh, for you. Like, I already had the check. Like, yeah, I took my cross. And I remember when I read, if you want to follow Jesus, you need to take your cross every day. And the Holy Spirit talked to me and said, yes, you took your cross when you came to Turkey, but you're not willing to take it again for me. And it just hit me. And I just started asking God to forgive me. And I said, you're right. Okay, Lord, we're going to go to Lebanon if that's what you want. We're willing to start all over again. So it took us two years to prepare uh, to leave Turkey. Um, and we moved a year ago uh, to the north part of uh, Lebanon, uh, which Lebanon is the opposite of Turkey in the Middle East, is the country with the most percentage of Christians in the Middle East. 
but the north, it's completely um, unreached. Uh, actually, people from Lebanon don't go to the north. They call it Syria. For them, the north is just exactly as Syria. Everyone stays in Beirut and around Beirut, which is very pretty western. But the north is very Muslim and um, just very conservative. And um, you can talk to our to Dale and Monica later, they came to visit us. And if you have questions about Lebanon, they can <laughs> tell you their input, but it's, it's another world. So anyway, we went there and, uh, and we just felt so much joy. And even from the first visits we, we went, I just felt at home. It's probably the most horrible city I've ever been in my life. It's ugly, it's an ugly city. We live in a city called Tripoli. You can look it in your, in your Google map. Uh, we're like 20 minutes away from Syria. Um, it's very ugly, but I just love it. I just feel like, actually, I've been missing Lebanon so much uh, this summer. I want to be there. I, I miss being there. Uh, of course, it's hard to be lonely. It's hard to learn the language all over again. It's hard to not be able to speak uh, with people there yet. Uh, but we, the church, there's one local church in the whole city. and They have received us with so much love. They've been a family to us, even though we can only share like five or six words with them. <laughs> but, um, but we're very thankful. So what I can tell you is whenever God asks you something difficult, just say yes. You might not understand it, and it's hard, but we have a calling to take our cross every day. Jesus is worthy of that. And if we want to be true disciples of Jesus, we just need to say yes to whatever he's asking of us. And maybe some of you are, are starting all over again in many things, uh, but it's worth it. And God knows what he's doing, and he has a high purpose. We still don't know um, what his plan going to look like in Lebanon, uh, but we know that we're in the right path. So there's still a lot going on in Turkey at the same time as we're tr establishing the team in Lebanon. So we are traveling back and forth quite a bit, but really it's been a joy to learn Arabic. I did not I did not want to learn another language. I seriously, I said, no, Mao, you can learn. I said, maybe I'll learn French. It's kind of like Spanish. I can do that, but I can't do another language. But actually, it's like Mao said, God asks you to do hard things, say yes, because it's been a joy. And we're able to communicate little by little, of course, little by little, but hopefully in the future more, with a group of people who otherwise would not be able to hear the gospel in their own language. Because in the city that we're living in, there's tons of people that don't speak English, they don't speak French, they only speak Arabic. And unless somebody speaks to them in Arabic, uh, the gospel, they won't hear. And so we feel, we feel really strongly about that. Okay, so when in the church there in, in Lebanon, it's a great church, it's a Baptist church, and we just love our Baptist brothers and sisters. They just have such a love for the Lord, a love for the Word of God. I have learned so much from, from our, our precious Arab pastor. He's amazing. The church is all Arabs. Um, they're, they're all Lebanese people. And we met a young man in the church that just has, his testimony has totally blown our minds. And his name is Danny. And he's a young man that comes from a very Muslim background, a very um, 
conservative Muslim background. His cousins actually were went to Syria when the Islamic State and all of that, um, ISIS and all of that was happening. Um, his cousins actually went to go fight with the Islamic State. If that gives you an idea of the, the type of conservative Muslim family that he comes from, his neighborhood the same. And for their family, it's an honor that the cousins went and fought in this way in, in the Islamic State. Um, so one day he's walking through the city and there's a book fair that's set up in the, in the park. And he runs across a stand of some, uh, they call it Campus Crusade. I don't know what they call it here, but it, crew or Chi Alpha, something like that. Anyways, crew, okay. Crew. And they had a Bible stand set up, and they were just handing out Bibles. And it said, Jesus loves Lebanon. And he's like, why would Jesus love Lebanon? <laughs> you know, he's just like, just processing this. So he goes over, and they give him a Bible. He starts to read the Bible, and he's like, wow, this, the words of Jesus are extremely confrontational. Because he, he, read, he read this part in the Bible that, that Jesus says, love your enemy. And he's like, well, my religion tells me to hate my enemy, to kill my enemy. Now, not all Muslims are that way. I just want to make that, that cl clarification, this, this very conservative group that he comes from. But um, love your enemy. But Jesus, Jesus said, love your enemy. And so he was just really intrigued by that. And he went in, so he, there was a card inside that said the address to the church. And so he goes, he goes to the church and he visits the church and he ends up giving his life to the Lord. And he becomes a Christian on his own. And his name is Muhammad, but now he goes by Danny. So that's his Christian name is Danny. And so his family, I don't know if they know or they don't know. His mom kind of knows. His sister knows that he's a Christian. His dad kind of knows but doesn't know, if, if that makes sense. Okay. So I'm getting to that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, so... All right. So anyways, so he becomes a Christian. And one night during Ramadan, uh, the iman, that means like the religious leader, like the pastor kind of of the mosque in his neighborhood and a few other men come into their house. They had found out that he was a Christian and they stabbed him six times. And then they left. They stabbed him, unfortunately, in front of his mom, in front of his sisters. And somehow he got himself to the hospital and that was on a Friday that, that he went into the hospital. And on Sunday morning, he woke up and he was alive. And he reaffirmed his decision once again to follow Jesus for the rest of his days. Even after being stabbed, even after the persecution that he suffered. Um, because he, he saw that, that Jesus went into the grave on, on a Friday and, and on Sunday morning he rose again and he felt like that was his resurrection story. And when he woke up, he had his, his friend, who's a Muslim also, came in and said, Danny, you have a cross in the hair of your chest. You have a cross. What, what is that? Where did that come from? And Danny took a picture of it and he takes it as, as such a symbol that the Lord marked him with a cross on his chest during this, during this time. So he's an amazing young man living his life for Jesus and you just think, you know, I've never suffered that kind of persecution and if he can do it, then I can do it. So we knew that um, we wanted him to share his story with the Syrians that we serve in Turkey. So one of the other things we wanted to do is build a bridge between Turkey and Lebanon. 
And in the last years, our team has been serving the Syrian community by teaching them uh, English and, and guitar and uh, music for many years. But it's been really hard for the Syrians to give their lives to Jesus. You know, they're nice. They open their houses for you. They serve you food. Um, they bring a lot of kids for you. But it's just been really hard to connect with them. Also, we're speaking in Turkish with them, which is not their main language. Their main language is Arabic, just as Lebanon is the same type of Arabic. Uh, so they learn Turkish. We learn Turkish. We're both speaking in, in our second or third language. Uh, so it's just kind of hard. So I fall in my heart, I need to bring Danny to Turkey so he can share with all these families. So we took him with us in one of our trips. He shared with uh, like 60 Syrian people in different houses, sharing his testimony, uh, how he became Christian, all what he has lived. Um, it was just amazing. All the Syrians were amazed. Uh, just because they come from the same background. They understand each other. Um, they just don't have this cultural barrier that we have with them. And a few uh, days after Danny left back to Lebanon, and we also left back to Lebanon, one of the Syrian women uh, wrote, uh, one of the, of the girls from our team said, you know, I want to love Jesus just like Danny loves Jesus. Can you teach me more about him? I want to start reading the Bible. Please come and teach me. So after many years without seeing any fruit with the Syrian community in Turkey, finally there is this woman that became a believer. She's a believer up to now. And, uh, and we're just very, very excited about that, um, just to see this little breakthrough. You know, sometimes you just need to see something because... Uh, we were about to to stop doing ministry with the refugees, you know, like, you know, it's enough. We've, we've served them for many years. We've helped them buying groceries. We helped them teaching their kids, but we haven't seen any single fruit out of it. And you don't, you don't give to, so they become Christians. You give because God is generous and he loves them. But we were tired, you know, <laughs> and uh, just seeing that has given so much, uh, energy to our team and just being thankful like God you, you you do want to do something with the Syrian community in Turkey and you love these people and we believe that you will do more and this is just the beginning of that we can see in the next years so that's another lesson of persevering even when you see nothing just don't uh, don't throw in the towel that's something you say in English as well <laughs> Don't throw in the towel. God will do something when, when you obey. That's really what he needs from us, obedience and faith and believing his word. So let's just uh, finish. Let's stand up and finish. Maybe, Christy, you can come. And, um, and we just want to pray for you guys to believe in what God is calling you. I think uh, if we have a message in our lives, it's just like listen to him and do what he says. And it's just that simple, right? But it's not that simple in our hearts because we, we need to die and we need to take hard choices. But um, we can just tell you that God is faithful. He will do amazing things with your obedience. You might see it or you might not see it, but he will do amazing things with our obedience. That's what he asked for us. So God, we bless Restoration Church. And I just pray that you will open up their ears and that you will increase their faith and that they will give steps of obedience, radical obedience, God, even when it seems crazy and when, it, when it's hard.
and when it implies to suffer in one way or the other Lord we just bless them with the gift of faith Lord and with the gift of obedience God we cannot obey without your grace we need grace for everything and I pray for the grace of obedience and grace of steps of faith in Jesus name yes Jesus we just we love you so much Father we just pray that that these testimonies that we we have shared today would just be an encouragement it wouldn't be any sort of I just pray against any sort of condemnation that would say oh what am I doing what they're doing so much no this is we're just sharing the glorious moments and we thank you God for those glorious moments Jesus we thank you for the glorious moments that that we've experienced and we got to share here this morning and all the work that you're doing in Turkey and in Lebanon Jesus and God I just want to thank you so much for Huron I we just want to bless Huron Oh, Jesus. Last night we had the opportunity to go to the races, and I just looked out on the sea of people at the races, and I just felt the love of Jesus for Huron. And I just thank you, Jesus, that you love Huron. You love the people here in Huron. You love them as much as you love the people in Turkey and as much as you love the people in Lebanon, the people you've called us to, Lord. You love you love Huron you love Huron so much you love Huron just that much and you've called all of these wonderful people to the people of Huron and I thank you for that Jesus and I just pray a release Lord of just a desire and a recognition of your love for this community your love for just that everyone would know you that the knowledge of you would cover the earth that would cover the whole earth. Jesus, that everywhere, each and every one of these people go in the community, each each person they have access to, God would be able to see the love and, and, the, and the light and the face of Jesus through each and every one of the people here in this room, Jesus. I thank you. And we just bless them, Lord, as you send them out. We bless the testimonies, God, the people that they're talking to about you, the testimonies of miracles that they've seen in their lives. We bless each and every one of those people, God, that, that have been, been a conversation uh, with, with any one of these people in this room, God. We just bless that in your name, God. And we thank you for the work that you're doing here in Huron and across the world, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And I also just want to speak to, I just have this like, just, I don't know. I just ha had the, the phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Going through my head over and over and over, over and over and over for a year. <laughs> and it continues. And I asked God this weekend, what do, you want, what do you want us to say? What do you want us to tell Restoration Church? And I just felt like, one, he just loves Huron so much. And two, the Lord is your shepherd. You lack nothing. You have everything you need for every moment of your life, every conversation, every, every moment of of anxiety that you might have in your heart every every moment of just confusion every moment where you're like I don't know what to say I don't know what to do in this situation you lack nothing because the Lord is your shepherd put your mind on pause and, and follow your shepherd 
Look to your shepherd. He wants to guide you in everything, everything, everything. The Lord is your shepherd. You lack nothing. You lack nothing. Jesus, we just love you. We just love you, God. We just love you, God. We just love you, God. I just, I just want to bless you guys one more time. We just bless Restoration Church. We bless Restoration Church. We thank you that you are our shepherd and we lack nothing. That when we hear your voice, we know it and we follow you all the days of our life, Jesus. You are worthy. We love you so much, Jesus. Man, can you grab a seat for just a moment? You can keep playing. Um, I promise I won't keep you more than three minutes. But I want to wrap up um, this service, and I want to challenge you with something. First and foremost, your partners with them. Every month when we give in a global outreach offering, we've supported Brittany from day one. Okay, so everything that they've shared, you're a part of. So I want to. I just want to echo the... You don't have to feel like, wow, you're doing so much and we're doing so little. You're doing that with them, okay? The Apostle Paul, yep. The Apostle Paul in Philippians talks about partnership. And if you remember, Brad Walls was here just a few months ago and talked about, it's. I mean, it's the prayers of people, it's the giving of people, and it's people who go. It takes all of them. And so they couldn't do what they do if we didn't pray and give, okay? So it's a partnership. So we want you to be able to partner with them again today. Um, I didn't get a guest speaker basket in the back today, but if you want to give in an offering today, just use an envelope, right? Guest speaker. Uh, everything will be an additional offering for them um, in addition to what we send every month. If you want to give online, just choose the guest speaker um, option and do that. So I want you, I, I want to say one thing before we go. Back in 2017, we started talking about selling our church building. And I just feel like I need to reiterate to you that one of the things we started talking about at that time was learning to think like a missionary. Learning to think like a missionary. Because here's the reality. Everyone who chooses to follow, follow Christ is a missionary. It's easier when you live in a place that's not your home to remember that. For those of us that grew up here and even grew up in Huron, it's harder for us to remember every single day we're missionaries. This is not my home. Like, and when I, when I say that, I say that because we, we sold our building because we wanted to think like a missionary, not because we couldn't afford it. Okay? We did not sell the building we were in because we couldn't afford it. We sold it because we wanted to think like a missionary. I've grown frustrated with the church in the West because we talk about how people in America are rejecting the gospel and nobody cares and blah, 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 blah. When Mao was talking about Pergamum and trying to go in in the flesh, I mean, how many of us pray and fast and intercede for open doors in our communities? Think like a missionary. I mean, before we say Americans are rejecting the gospel, maybe we ought to start acting like missionaries and become a part of a community, serve the community, love the community, pray and fast over the community, and do the things missionaries do. One of the people that have been the most encouraging to me in some of the vision we're walking through, 
and emails me and constantly asks and even pushes and challenges me to do crazier things than I'm thinking about is Brad Walls. And I'll share more about that when I talk about it uh, at the, the meeting. But I want you to go back and listen to the live stream today or the, the recording. And I want you to, to think about Restoration Church, some of the vision that we're talking about. And I want you to listen to some of the things that they shared and then just begin to think about how does that apply to our context here? What if I thought like a mission? Am I willing to pray and fast for six months and see no fruit? Am I willing to do hard things, to do crazy things that don't make sense, but we feel like God's put it in our heart? That's what we're talking about. And so that's what I want us to do. I want us to go back. I want us to listen again to the things that they shared. I mean, I was already listening through two lenses today. Um, And as I was sitting there, as soon as he talked about Pergamum, I thought, yeah, that's the church in the West. Like, we're just trying to do it in our own strength. Let's build buildings. Let's do these things. Let's do these church things that we love. And people are rejecting that. And we think they're rejecting Jesus, and they're not. And we're going to do Jesus like a missionary. It might be a little crazy. It's a lot crazy. But but we're going to be Jesus. So, I wanted to challenge you with that. Let's stand together. Uh, I'm going to release you. I want to pray over you one last time. And so, Father, I pray that this week, as we just listen again to these words, God, thank you for the partnership that you've created. Do it more. God, help us to be able to partner with them and to know how to pray for these seven cities. God, for churches and houses of prayer to be established. God, to be able to pray your protection and your peace over this team that, that we get the privilege of partnering with. But God, that we would hear these words again, that we would establish houses of prayer right here in this city. God, that we would establish places where we can interact with neighbors and serve our neighbors and invite neighbors to, to a meal. God, that we would begin to think like a missionary. What does this community need, God, in order to hear and to see and to feel the love of Jesus and know that he loves them? And so, Holy Spirit, I pray for our church in this season that you would help us that you'd give us that shift of mindset to think like a missionary. And so we pray your blessing over each and every one that's here today. God, that the things that we have heard, the things that you've done would settle into our hearts today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're going to look for uh, the podcast of today's message, uh, you're going to look for Think Like a Missionary is what it's going to be titled. Think Like a Missionary. So if that's the way you want to look for it, uh, you'll find it there. Don't forget to stop by the table in the back. All the information that's out there, offering baskets are there as well. God bless you as you go today.